Hello, everyone. This is Raise Your Voice as part of the D-Raise Bay Podcast Network. I'm your host, Brett Rutherford, and I've got a great show for you guys today. In a little bit, I'll be joined by Kevin Weiss and Ulysses Zambrano of the Locked on Rays podcast. We talk about the AL Rookie of the Year race, the AL wildcard race. And at the end, they raise their voice with some of their most controversial baseball and Rays opinions. It's a great show, but before that, just kind of want to run through some of the Rays news of the week. So Shane McClanahan goes on the IL today, uh, the day of recording. That is Friday, September 10th. Uh, he goes on the IL with a sore back. And this is supposed to be a, a precautionary move from the Rays. He's only supposed to miss one start, but it's a little bit worrying. These back issues tend to linger. And if he misses a couple weeks, or maybe it's a little bit closer to the postseason before he's back, it's going to be harder for him to build back up to be in a six or seven inning mode come the postseason. And it's it's just going to be something to keep an eye on. Again, I don't think there's any reason. Oh, there's reason to worry. He's on the IL with lower back tightness, but I don't think there's any reason to worry about his postseason yet. But if this IL stint keeps going, that is something to keep an eye on. Uh, Matt Whistler came off the IL and went right back on. The middle finger was still bothering him. I don't know. That's just one of those things. These finger injuries for pitchers are weird. It feels like, you know, for, for the average Joe or for any of us, it feels like, oh, it's just your finger, tape it up, figure it out, and get back out there. But especially for a guy like Whistler, who is so dependent on his slider, that middle finger is really important. And so, again, I have no idea what his status is going to be moving forward. To replace Whistler and McClanahan, the Rays uh, called Lewis Head back up once again, and Dietrich ends uh, again for, I think this is his third stint now with the team. Head has been up and down so many times. The other interesting one is Josh Lowe. Uh, Josh Lowe was called up to make his major league debut. Um, he played in one of the games this past week against the Red Sox, and he is still with the roster this weekend as they are playing Detroit. And I'm watching that game now. Looks like Nelson Cruz with an extra base hit uh, to move Wander to third in the top of the first. Again, you guys will have known the result by of that game already, uh, so forgive me when I when I give updates for this game that I'm watching on Friday night. Um, Josh Lowe called up uh, again just to fill in in the outfield while Randy Rosarena is on paternity leave. So congratulations to Randy and his wife for giving birth to a child. Uh, I think Randy's second child. Um, he'll be back from the paternity list on Saturday, and I, I expect Josh Lowe to go back down once that occurs. Um, but it, it's really nice to see Josh Lowe in the big leagues, and he had a pretty good first game. Don't know if he'll play in Detroit before getting sent back down to the Durham Bulls who are getting ready for their playoffs because, of course, they've had the best team in AAA this year. Look at their roster. Um, other than that, there hasn't been a whole lot of other news. Oh, except for the news that just came out today. Nick Anderson joined the team in Detroit, and he could be activated before the end of the week and a really good sign for a guy that hasn't pitched all year. Now, I'll be honest, my expectations for Nick Anderson are pretty, I don't want to say low. I don't expect him to be bad. But I really just don't have expectations for how he's going to pitch. We haven't seen him this year. He was hurt at the end of last year, and that kind of explains how he struggled during the postseason, including Game 6 of the World Series, even though I don't think he struggled that poorly in that game. Um, oh, also some some news to develop. Wander Franco leaving this game uh, with the trainer being pulled. Uh, that is not good. But... Uh... 
wow, I'm sorry if that's going to kind of ruin my mood. And again, you guys will probably have more news on that by the time you're listening to this. But Joey Wendell pinch running for Wander Franco here in Friday night's game. So I guess, I guess that's some news there too. I'm, I really didn't see what happened. So um, another storyline to follow there as Wander Franco, who has been the Rays' best player, is, is pulled from Friday night's game. Um, but we've seen them bring back G-Man Troy and, and now Nick Anderson. And again, I am... Uh, and I just have no expectations for Nick Anderson. If he comes back and is is, is the Nick Anderson of old, then that's just that's awesome. But if he doesn't, I th- still think the Rays are fine in the bullpen. I'm just excited to see him and have him back in this bullpen. I, I think that's most of the big news. Brett Phillips is probably close to coming back as well, and it's going to be good to see this team get healthy. Now Shane McClanahan and hopefully Wanda Franco are okay as well uh, as they head as they head closer to October. So, without further ado, here is my conversation with Kevin Weiss and Ulysses Zambrano. And now joining Raise Your Voice, it is the hosts of Locked on Rays podcast. It is Kevin Weiss and Ulysses Zambrano. Guys, it's, it's nice to, to virtually meet you. You guys are a huge part of the Rays community. And I guess this is a question for, for, for one or both of you, uh, really either of you. I'm sure it's a lot of fun. I'm sure you guys love what you do. But how hard is it to do a daily Rays podcast? Ulysses, you want to take that one? <laughs> well, I think it takes a lot of um, of text messages for sure mm-hmm. and uh, flexibility. But most of all, you got to start waking up early. Uh, you got to start waking up early. If, if, if you don't like waking up early, I don't think you, you're able to do this. Sometimes we've uh, gotten up before the sun does, you know, before before anybody is up in our apartment complexes or in our neighborhoods to, to record or record late, you know, when we did that in the playoffs, which was really fun. Don't get me wrong, but uh, uh, it's late and or very early. So I think those are the components. Do we have anything else you think? I would just add that it's good that, look, I'm not the biggest proponent of a 162 game nine inning <laughs> schedule. That is something Ulysses and I probably disagree with plus spring training and playoffs, but it helps when you have a game just about every day that you can discuss and recap uh, during the week. That certainly makes it smoother. And you sort of have built in topics with, we're going to talk about last night's game. We're going to preview the upcoming game. And usually there's some sort of fun tie-in listener generated segment that we build in there too. Sometimes if it's quite an eventful game, we'll, we'll talk about that for all three segments and go from there. And then in the off season, thankfully, uh, I don't know how we could do this for our uh, <laughs> mental, emotional, and physical well-being. is uh, we do, there is a time, maybe a month after the playoffs where we taper back to three days a week and yeah. we do some bigger picture topics and, review. Hey, let's do some player reviews. Let's, let's see, you know, we, we kind of have some more fun with it because there's not games going on, but um, so it's not, you know, yeah, we're, we're five days a week right now, but in the off season, we go back to three days a week. So that makes it a little bit more manageable as well. And I'll go back to this actually from, from what he said, uh, a Google docs, Google sheets, we have a Google sheets for the both of us, where we just put up an, an, an idea, maybe sometimes for the off season, and so that kind of keeps us in check and, and kind of fun ideas that we can talk about on the podcast. So I guess all of that together is yeah. the component of doing a, a daily podcast on our favorite team. 
see like I do this once a week uh, at most, right? Sometimes I even, I, there's a week that we take off, but I find a hard time, uh, you know, coming up with good content, but you guys are doing it on the daily and really the only, you know, people in this space that are doing that covering the race. So I think, I think the race community is, is really lucky to have you guys doing this. The closest thing we do would be in the postseason. We do our instant reaction podcast after each game. Uh, but those are really like, I don't even edit those. We record and I just boom, publish, uh, right as a podcast so that, that that was tough this last postseason because if you guys remember there were no off days i mean they just no. played game after game after game and so i lived your guys's lives for about a month uh doing that <laughs> and it, it was definitely difficult so i definitely sympathize for you guys but also i'm really really grateful that you guys do what you do and you guys do a great job uh, before we jump into the the raise discussion here i'm kind of curious how did you guys become raise fans have you been lifelong fans or and, and when did you start doing the podcast ultimately Ulysses, you want to take that one too? <laughs> <laughs> well, um, I, I moved to the U.S. when I was 12 years old, so that was 2003, and uh, I used to go to the Trop. Uh, but again, the Devil Rays weren't so good back then, as we all know. Um, so I used to actually just go to watch the Venezuelan stars. Uh, I used to go and follow all the Venezuelan players. So uh, when they used to play, for example, the Twins, I would go to yeah. watch Johan Santana uh, and, and players like that. Um, but of course, 08, I was a sophomore in high school and they just went off. And it was really fun to watch highlights on SportsCenter while being on driver's ed class and because the guy <laughs> didn't care. <laughs> so I was just watching sports center race stuff. And uh, I, I got hooked. I just could, could not get uh, any, any more of a race fan. And so the 08 season did, did me in. And then I met Kevin uh, a couple of years later as a freshman at USF. We both went to USF and uh, we just, you know, had like four or five classes the first semester. It was crazy. I was like, that's the same guy mm -hmm. in that other class. That's crazy. And we uh, interned at uh, USF Bulls Radio the station and we met there and he was like hey i think i was wearing a race hat or something and he was like hey you like the race i'm like i am a, yes i i'm obsessed but i'll keep it civil yeah i, <laughs> I, I like I, the I race. <laughs> <laughs> yeah i like them i follow them and uh that's that's where it grew uh, our relationship and then ultimately we we got the podcast going yeah that's a really good synopsis there and i'll also add this uh ulysses in going to usf he was actually classmates with None other than Jose Bautista, correct? I was oh, for, wow. <laughs> for two for two classes. Yeah, yeah. at USF. It was awesome. He was really, really great. Um, and everybody thought it was super cool because I was talking to him in Spanish. Mm -hmm. And uh, we were just talking about baseball. And uh, everybody's like, oh, my gosh, they're like super friends. I'm like, no, we're just talking about normal stuff. <laughs> Spring training and all that. Um, so, yeah, yeah, that, that was that was kind of fun. Yeah. So uh, first off, Ulysses, I want to say this way to use that uh, Hillsborough County public school education where you're watching Sports <laughs> Center and TV during driver's ed classes. Yep. That sounds about par for the course there, but yeah. uh, kind of similar in a way in that I really started to follow and enjoy and watch the Rays when Evan Longoria got the call up and you had the sensation that was that team, but I kind of dabbled in and out with the Rays. Uh, I grew up in Southern Indiana and that was more of Cincinnati Red, Chicago Cubs, uh, big fandom there. In fact, the AAA team uh, for the Cincinnati Reds is in Louisville, the, the mm -hmm. Louisville Bats. So always had a, a baseball background, but my grandmother uh, retired and, and lived for a long time in Port Charlotte. So there was kind of a tie-in 
with yeah. the then devil rays. So I would kind of dabble here and there, you know, watching Rocco Baldelli, Aubrey Huff, you know, all the, the old school guys. And then once, you know, I was still in Indiana when the rays were, uh, in high school, when the rays were going on that run in 2008. And, and that's where I really started to, and, and I always had dreams and, and aspirations of moving to Florida and going to USF and, and living in, in a bigger city, so to speak. And it just, it, my, my fandom kind of evolved that year in 2008. And Ulysses, I think it's probably fair to say that a lot of people's fandom evolved, uh, during that season. Certainly my other classmates and drivers Ed did too. I mean, uh, <laughs> yeah, we're all we're watching doing. the games, <laughs> yeah. watching the highlights. Exactly. Brett, are you an 08 fandom as well, or are you a little bit earlier? Yeah, I, mean, I don't want to age you guys. I was in the fourth grade in 2008. Uh, <laughs> oh, that hurt. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> All right, we're done. See you later. Bye. Uh, but also as another product of Hillsborough County Public School System, I remember uh, in the you know not so great years, 2014 to 2017, uh, watching uh, clips and highlights and sometimes live games uh, during my high school classes. But again, that's neither here nor there. Uh, but yeah, you know, sort of, you know, born in born in 99. So started going to the trop at a really early age. And I always, you know, it, it, it kind of, you know, blossomed as I got older, but I remember 2008 very well. Um, my dad had season tickets that year. So I went to a good amount of games and uh, it, it's only gotten better uh, from there. So, uh, and then started doing this podcast a couple of years ago. That's right. Um, but uh, Kevin, you mentioned uh, Evan Longoria coming up in 2008 and the big rookie phenom that he was, and we get to kind of experience it again, but maybe even at a higher level this year, seeing Wander Franco really become a star in front of our eyes. He's been one of the best players on the planet the last month, month and a half, uh, you know, a little bit of a slow start when he came up, but we could all see the tools were there. Even at, at such a young age, the age of 20, he's breaking records now just past Mickey Mantle for longest on base streak in the American league for a player under 21 years old. And Honestly, now, I think halfway through the season, the AL Rookie of the Year candidates, you saw guys like Adolis Garcia hitting as many homers as he had this year for the Rangers. Randy Rosarena, which is kind of just crazy to think of him as a rookie. He's already a record holder at the major league level. And then you look at the pitching side, Luis Garcia for Houston, maybe even Shane McClanahan for the Rays as potential candidates for Rookie of the Year. But Wander Franco has really forced his way into that conversation do you guys actually think he has a chance to win it this year? Man, I, I, I did some digging and I, 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 I didn't go as far back as I, I should have, but I did the last 10 years. And in the last 10 years, there have only been three position players to have won the rookie of the year hmm. while playing less than 100 games. That's Carlos Correa with 99, Jordan Alvarez with 87, and our own Will Myers with 88. Now, as race fans, we all remember that whole thing with Myers. Not only is he going to get called up, but once he did, it's will he have enough games? Well, right now, Wander has 61 games with what, 22 to play, 22 to go? Yeah. So, in my opinion, if he were to win it, not only would he have to sustain the crazy level of play that he's at right now, which again, that's going to be very difficult to do for the next 22 games. But if there was one guy to break that record of the last 10 years with only 83 games and winning the AL Rookie of the Year, doesn't that just sound like something that Wander Franco would do? So it's going to be one guy. It would be him. So it would be him. <laughs> so I think he has it tough. I am still on Team Arozarena because of that. 
because baseball writers and baseball fans, we like round numbers. It's okay. That's, that's, that's a thing about baseball. We like round numbers. So when you see 20 home runs, almost for Randy, almost 15 stolen bases, he has over a hundred games played 120, 125. It, it just, it speaks a little bit better, but if you look at that rookie uh, leaderboard yeah. on the, on the fan graphs for war, Wander Franco has done basically almost as good as Randy in half the time. Yeah, he's catching up for sure. And I didn't, I don't know if I would have thought this two weeks ago, three weeks ago, but the way he's playing right now, he's certainly making a case. In fact, he could theoretically surpass or get very, very close to Randy if we're looking at war and some of those metrics in about, you know, half the time, half, half as, uh, half as many games. And Ulysses, you mentioned it about, So it's not totally out of the realm of possibility. I mean, there's still a percentage there. You had Correa, you had Alvarez, you had Will Myers. I guess this is such an asterisk. It it doesn't really count, but Kyle Lewis did it with less than hundred games too. I don't know exactly (laughs) how many of the 60 games that he had, but I, I would say I would almost be willing to say it's a slam dunk that he would win rookie of the year. If he breaks that Frank Robinson record. I think that would get enough profile and pizzazz and panache to be able to do that. And I wonder how much of, look, no disrespect to what Adoles Garcia and Randy Rosarina have done. Adoles is playing for a crap team. I mean, there's not competitive and he's slowed down since the all-star break. And I wonder, you know, if I'm not sure how the voting is made up, but maybe those guys divert some votes and allows a Wander Franco or somebody else to sweep in and right. take a couple of votes because it's not like th- there's not a slam dunk case here. So maybe some folks are going for Garcia because of the home runs. Maybe some people go with Randy Rosarina because of the higher average and the combination of power and steals. And then maybe that allows Wander to, to step in there. And two, you know, with, with Randy Rosarina, what, I mean, I, I, I feel like I'm criticizing him, but how, how much of his home runs and production has come against the Baltimore Orioles? It's very Glaber Torres-esque, no? Sure, but at the end of the day, you've you got to look at that stat line. You, you, yes. you don't, we don't look back in record books and say, well, did you know that Mickey Mantle had like 20 home runs against the crab pitch? <laughs> that, we we yes. look at the whole bottom line. I understand that point, though. Um, I, I think the Frank Robinson is a really good one, though. Yeah. If, if Wander crosses yeah. that, that gives him too much national spotlight. That gives him too many Passan articles, uh, Ken, uh, Ken Rosenthal articles. Right. Yeah. You're going to get too much buzz for him not to win it. So for those that want Wander Franca to win it, then you better hope that he crosses the, the Frank Robinson line. Because if he does, then he's yeah. rookie of the year. If he doesn't, I think you go round numbers. You go with the guy that has been there the whole season, and that's Randy. And just to, to add on to that a little bit, um, what Randy... I wonder how many people look at Randy as taking a step back after what he did last season towards the tail end of 2020 and in the postseason. That's so unfair. I know it's unfair, <laughs> but oh, no, I wasn't wonder Barry Bonds. If... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he was Barry Bonds. I know, I know. And that's what I wonder if people are like, yeah. well, he's not, is he really a rookie? Like, again, and, and I'm just, I'm really on team wonder as of right now. You know, Randy's 26 years old. Uh, Adolis Garcia is 25 and a half years old. Wander Franco is 20 years old. And if you see, look, and voters aren't going to pay. They're not going to go as in-depth as we are here. But you see opposing pitchers 
attacking Randy Rosarina. You see opposing pitchers staying away, avoiding pitching to Wander yeah. Franco. Like, and, and there's some, there, there's definitely a dichotomy there. And, and it, it's, I'm not sure what the latest numbers are, but Wander Franco could end the season with what more walks than strikeouts possibly. Yeah. And his, his number since the all-star break there, there, I mean, you, you look at just about everything except maybe home runs. I mean, it's, it's topped the leaderboard since the all-star break compared to other rookies. So I just, what he's been able to do and, and the impact he's been able to make, I, and, and the streak that he's on, and maybe even if he doesn't break Frank Robinson's record, maybe he gets very close to it. Say he just gets to 40 games. I still think, and we've been talking about Wander for a couple of years now. People have been talking about him for a couple of years now in the, the prospect realm. The what sure. One of like three players to, to be named MLB's top prospect two years running, joining Bryce Harper and Joe Maurer and Andrew Joe Jones. Ma- was it maybe yeah. Andrew yeah. Jones was the other one? Yeah, I think for yeah, I mean, look. So there's a pedigree there. Yeah, of course. I just, I don't know. I, I, I feel like maybe a little too, too little, too late. Yeah. But again, I think the Frank Robinson is the line. I think if he crosses that, there's too many interviews, too many uh, uh, things, articles written about him. So maybe that that's how he wins it. So uh, we'll, we'll see. But it's a close one. And again, like. This is such a fun team. I mean, we're, yeah. we're arguing about like mm-hmm. who's going to win Rookie of the Year, and you have like three candidates if you're right. the race. Honestly, and an outside dark horse if he had maybe a little performed a little bit better and maybe had a little bit more time, Luis Patino could have gotten in that conversation as well. Yeah, exactly. Well, this, if Taylor Walls had played a full season. Like- yeah, exactly. With ta- what Taylor Walls did defensively for a month and a half, and then got himself in the leaderboards in DRS or was it using right. remember I think DRS. It was DRS. yeah uh, <laughs> that's stupid that's that's <laughs> that's, M- that's MLB the show 21 stupid I mean mm-hmm. come on you're not expecting that type of production from from really young guys but that just speaks to the system that just speaks to the development of these players and, and how fun it is to be a race fan right now I mean we're arguing about who who wins the rookie of the year award and we're not Texas Rangers fans. Yeah. <laughs> We're not Pirates fans. I mean, this is not like, oh, let's go Cabrian Hayes because I have no, nobody else to root for. You know, so, it's so maybe I feel a little bad for Rangers fans. Maybe I want to Dolis Garcia to win it. So they yeah. have something they, they need something. This season. They need a W. But again, I, I think it's going to be really fun. You know, to Kevin's point, though, he says that it could divert some, some, some votes. What about if there is some votes diversion between some people going Team Randy? Some people yeah. hitting Team Wander and a little dark horse on the third winning that a Garcia. Uh, I could see it. Yeah. If you want to vote for a raised player and you're looking between those two guys, them splitting votes. Honestly, I think what the debate comes down to, and I'm not in the voters' heads, but is it the rookie? It's, it's not the most valuable rookie. It's the rookie of the year. And if I'm mm. watching this baseball season, Wander Franco is the rookie of the year. I mean, right. he has just been the guy. He has been you. I don't think you can look at it, except for maybe that that August stretch. Randy Rosarena was one of the top ten hitters in baseball, and he was just on fire. Yeah. Wander has been doing that for a month and a half, and we've really seen no reason for him to stop through September. I, I'd love for Randy to win it, and I still think he's the favorite. Uh, but if if I had if I had the vote, and I'm looking at the rookie of the year, especially when we're in a time where. Uh, service time manipulation exists and rookies mm-hmm. aren't always going to start the season on the big league roster. They're not always going to get the opportunity to play 150 plus games. I think I give Wander Franco the benefit of the doubt there and I would vote for him. 
I don't know how it's going to play out. I think Randy Rose, Randy Rose Reina is going to win it if if the ballots were cast today. But who knows? Like you said, if, if yeah. that Frank Robinson record is broken, anything could happen. And we think that, you know, coming in last year that Randy Rosarina had swag and energy and enthusiasm. Wander takes it to a whole nother level. His walks are even fun to watch. Yeah. His his flyouts are fun to watch. The like, discipline, the, the, the way he stands at the box with just such like, I got this. You are nobody. I don't care who you are, that glove, that stitching, that is nothing to mm-hmm. me. You are not ready for this. I mean, that attitude has had been missing from yeah. a race lineup. And now I think it oozes and, and it's really cool. Look, everybody talks about the quiet players. Okay. Austin Meadows and Brandon Lau. Look, th- th- let them be them. That works for them. We enjoy 33 bombs too from Brandon mm-hmm. Lau, no matter how they come, no matter the swag, but it's really entertaining to see a 20 year old like Wonder Franco who has a damn MLB tattoo <laughs> yeah. on his neck. Just enjoy the game so much. Like, if you wanted a, a representation of of uh, of the face of MLB in in the 21st century, look no further than Wander Franco. Yeah, and you see the growth by the hour, by the day, by mm-hmm. the week. We know when he first got called up, that increase in velocity from AAA to the big leagues was a little bit of a hangup for him, but he's now shown that, okay, Chris sale will throw a 97 fastball above the zone and he'll deposit it out of the ballpark or out of the field over the fence. And uh, even the defense has picked up a little bit, some of the leaping athletic plays and being able to now turn a double play without so many issues, making more of the routine plays. He's certainly, I don't think ever going to be Taylor walls or, or as good of a defender as he is, but he's, He's, he's definitely done enough at that position. Uh, and let me say this too. How, how bad do, if you're a St. Louis Cardinals fan, Ooh. how bad do you feel right now knowing that Adolis Garcia and Randy Arazarina were both former and farm Luke hands? Voigt. Yeah. Luke Voigt too, right? So many others, actually. I mean, there's a, there's a long list of guys, a long list of hitters and players that they've given up on for one reason Oof. or the other. So. Yeah, before we send it to a quick break, I, I don't think the Rays have any other favorites in any of the other award categories. But if you guys had to guess which either Rays player or manager has the best chance of walking home with some silverware other than what the team might win, who, who would you guys say? I think that has to be Kevin Cash. Yeah. Uh, that, I mean, yeah. Do you see so many Kevin Cash jerseys in the stadium? That's for a reason, you know? Um, yeah. Not many uh, other clubs many have reasons, manager yes. jerseys in the stands. <laughs> No other team has as many manager jerseys. Uh, I think him. I mean, what I mean, what this team has been doing this whole season is so impressive. You got to look at at the helm and and who's who's the captain there, and and that's Kevin Cash. And you know, we, we joke around uh, when we don't like uh, a, a move or or a decision. We call it Kevin Crash. It was that a Kevin <laughs> Crash moment? And uh, you know, honestly. It, I miss it to say Kevin Crash because there haven't been that many Kevin Crash moments. Mm-hmm. And I always had fun, uh, a fun time in, in the pod with, with Kevin Crash moments. But he has the team has been really good for the last two years. I mean, we really haven't had that many Kevin Crash moments. No, not that I can think of. And yeah, if I had to guess, probably a non-player award. If not Kevin Cash, maybe Eric Neander for MLB Executive, Executive of yeah. the Year with yeah. all the the arms that he's brought in and all the prospects that have gotten promoted. So something along those lines, I'd probably say as well. 
The, the only other one for man, manager of the year, and it would be a bit of a sentimental choice, and it would be dependent on how this season finishes, would be the guy who was on the broadcast last year and was a finalist last year when Kevin Cash won it, Charlie Montoya. If the Blue Jays sneak into the postseason to see him win it, the way he's managed that bullpen, and they've dealt with a lot of injuries. Like They were supposed to have Kirby yeah. Yates. He was supposed to be their, you know, their bell cow in that bullpen. They don't have him this year. He's done a really good job with that pitching staff who I had no faith in. Robbie Ray could win the Cy Young Award, and I thought he was a terrible pitcher. Um, <laughs> so to see what, see what he's done, he's obviously got a lot of talent, a lot of young talent, but what he's done with them this late in the season when, I mean, they were like a middling team not that long ago, and now they're on the doorstep. They just swept the Yankees at Yankee Stadium. It would be incredible to see Charlie Montoya win it. Oh, 100%. Always like Charlie, and you talk about that sweep. I, I watched the, the last inning. Uh, they got me kind of uh, scared with the back-to-back home runs the Yankees did. But uh, they said on the broadcast, Michael Kay with a very, very sad voice, which I always enjoy, and Michael Kay with a sad voice, uh, saying that hadn't happened. A, uh, the Yankees being swept on a four-game series at home, that hadn't happened since 1908. Wow. I mean, <laughs> I, uh, that, I mean that, that was, it was great to, to see that. And, uh, yeah, Charlie Montoyo, what he's done with the injuries, definitely. Um, it's okay to, to root for X-rays, I think, you know, if you're oh, for sure. a station, I, I feel like, you know, I want good things to happen to, to Rocco Baldelli and Charlie Montoya. Who's already won a manager of the year. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. So, so good things for X-rays. That's never too bad, especially if, you know, you have very fond memories of them as players like we do with Rocco. Yeah. And Ulysses, you mentioned Michael K. I'd actually, I like to hear him in sad, doom and gloom mood, but even more so, I like to see sad, doom and gloom Susan Waldman and John Sterling. I'd much rather hear that <laughs> than, than Michael K. when it comes down to it. Yes. All right. We're going to take a quick break. And on the other side, we're going to talk about who the Rays might be facing in the ALDS. And we're back on Raise Your Voice with Kevin Weiss and Ulysses Sambrano from Locked on Rays. And let's talk about the wild card race because I don't want to jinx anything. I don't want to, you know, put any negative energy into the universe, but I think the Rays have a pretty strong grip on the number one seed in the American League. Um, they've really kind of pulled away from the pack in that regard over the last month. They've just been on fire. They sit at 88 and 52 right now. The AL East nine game lead. I think that one's locked up. And I think the AL number one seed is locked up as well, which means they'll be playing in the ALDS the winner of the American League wildcard game, which we thought for a while was going to be the Red Sox and Yankees. But these last couple of weeks, a couple other teams have snuck in there. You've seen Toronto, Seattle's still there. Toronto's only a half game out right now. Seattle's still there, and uh, the Oakland A's are still there. Uh, It's going to be a really exciting battle through this last month of September. Uh, But I kind of want to talk about what maybe the best matchup would be for the Rays, maybe or maybe the one that's most intriguing. And what would be the, the worst matchup for this Rays team? So let's start with maybe teams we'd want to see the Rays face, whether it be for competitive reasons or for fandom reasons. Right. Uh, the, the petty side of the petty side of a baseball fan in, in me wants both the Yankees and the Red Sox to just be eating Cheetos in their couch <laughs> in October and watching the Mariners and the Jays go at it for the wildcard game. That that that's honestly what I what half of me wants so badly. Um, but then again, that would mean that they would be a hot, hot team, both of them, Jace and, and the Mariners. So then that really doesn't, I don't know, pose a, a really good um, out, outlook for the Rays. I don't know. You know, we, we've talked about this, uh, I think this week uh, on, on Locked on Rays, and 
I, I couldn't make up my mind. And it's been four days later and I still can make my mind up. I don't know. Cause the Yankees and the Red Sox, obviously they know, they know each other so well. I mean, they, the Red Sox have no secrets to the Rays and vice versa. Same thing with the Yankees, but who's reeling the most. We just saw the Red Sox blow a seven to one lead with their best guy on the mound. Uh, which should never have happened, which should never have happened. Uh, th- that, that was a lost game. So when you're able to show that in Fenway, it's kind of you saying, look, we're, we're above you. We're above you. So you, you got to look at that. The Yankees have beaten the race the last two, the last two games, the last two series, two to one. Then, yeah, the, the race basically routed them 14 to zero. I think, was it 14 to zero? The getaway game? I believe so. Yeah, I think so. It was, it was something 14. lopsided. Yeah, it was ridiculous, right? So there's that. I, I feel like the Red Sox are a little bit less threatening than the Yankees. That's that. So if if I were to pick the 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 weakest opponent, I think it would be the Red Sox. The pitching has never really oozed any side of of confidence for me. I always thought that that was just the regression to the mean is happening. April and May, I don't care. They don't have the pitching. It's not happening. And, and they finally, you know, made me look like I really know something. So that's nice. So that, that's that's who I would I would go for the weakest would be the Red Sox. But again, seeing both of them out of the playoffs, even if it would mean hot teams like the Mariners and the Jays, that would that would be fun. Yeah. So who, if I was a Rays fan, would most want to see play in a, a wild card matchup or whatever comes to that? I, I got to be honest. Um, I would say either Oakland or Seattle. I know that the Rays have had their issues with Seattle this season. Now, some of that was pre Nelson Cruz and Wander Franco and so forth, but I just don't see how the Mariners can come in and be, no. you know, be all great shakes. They, and, and I said this months ago that the Mariners almost kind of remind me of the 2018 Rays. It's like, how did they win 90 games with this roster? <laughs> what are they doing here? Ty France is like their top offensive player. And yeah, they got a couple good pitchers, but nobody that's like, oh man, Watch out for this ace. It's just, you know, kind of a couple guys that are, you know, three and a half, four ERA type. So, and also they're probably just, hey, we're just happy to be here. We haven't been here in 19, 20 years. We don't know what it's like. Yeah. Which happens with a lot of teams, right? Uh, I I, I feel like the Mariners thing, losing six out of seven. Let's look at really what happened. The first series, the glass now had just gotten hurt. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. you know, you're dealing with that in the clubhouse. Imagine the, the, how that ambiance was during the, right. that, uh, that series. And besides, they, they lost three out of those four games in walk-offs. So, I mean, yeah. it was a flip of the coin. You can't just lose three out of four in a, of walk-offs in a series and not say, okay, well, that could have gone the other way, right? And in the second series, let's look at that homestand. It started with the, the, the Yankee series, then the Red Sox. That Yankee series was with the route. And then the Red Sox series, they sweep the Red Sox. There's a ESPN night. They take over first place in the AL East. Obviously, there's going to be mental fatigue and, and, mm. and a hangover happening. And then the Mariners come to town. Yeah, the energy level was sucked out of the room. I think you and yeah. I, Kevin, we went to that game uh, on Monday night or Tuesday. That's right, yeah. And, I mean, even the fans, we were all just like, wow, the, the that's very noticeable. I think Waka was pitching. Waka was on the mound throwing that cutter, getting hit hard. It was a clunker after the third or fourth inning. It really was. It, it was cutter Waka, which which is not the Waka we like. So uh, no, I, I feel like the, the Mariners, six out of seven, that's a little bit, you know, you can see yeah. why it was 
out of seven. And then if not the Mariners, I think, again, the Rays have shown they've had success against the Oakland A's in the past, particularly in the playoffs. And I think same thing outside of Matt Olson and Ramon Laureano is suspended last time I checked. Uh, I think that would be a favorable matchup for the Rays. I, I think there might be also a mental hurdle with Oakland of like, can we ever get out of the wild card? Like that's, right. that's kind of a constant battle. Now, if it you know came to the ALDS or something like that, yeah, Oakland's got a lot of workhorses. I mean, they have four guys who have thrown 150 plus right. innings in Montas, Bassett, Irvin, and Manaya. But I, I still don't think they're, you know, I, I'd rather face one of those two teams rather than, the, the team that scares me the most right now, I hate to change gears, is is the Toronto Blue Jays yeah. for a myriad of reasons. And, yes. you know, Boston, uh, I I think some of what they're going through right now is the fact that like half their team is on the COVID IL. So True. I think they're probably better than they've shown and played as of late. And I wonder, you know, um, not to say this would happen, but, you know, the Rays have a lot of rookies on their team. They have a lot of players that don't have a ton of major league experience. Maybe it is a little bit of a different something when you get to the playoffs and you're, you're staring across that Red Sox uniform, you're staring across that Yankees uniform conversed with uh, the, the Oakland A's or the Seattle Mariners. So that's kind of how, how I look at it. And, and I guess it sort of makes sense and works out because Oakland and Seattle are the, the two lowest teams in that, that wild card race. But certainly, I mean, that's five teams huddled up. It, it could it, yeah. it could be a flip of a coin depending on how the season plays out. I, I think if I got to pick, it would either be Seattle or Oakland. I, again, I know yeah. the stuff with Seattle. Uh, the out of the AL East teams, I'd want the Red Sox, and the reason is because I don't think it's necessarily the best matchup for the Rays. It's because I don't want any part of the Blue Jays, and I'm going to show some of my true colors here. I don't really want any part of the Yankees, and it's not because I think the Rays would lose against the Yankees. It's because I couldn't handle the thought of them potentially losing against the Yankees. I don't know about you guys. After after Game Four of the ALDS last year, oh. I slept for like one hour that night. It, <laughs> one because I was uploading the podcast, uh, but two, I just couldn't sleep with the thought of the Rays losing Game Five that very next night. Yes. It drove me insane and so maybe maybe that's the the dark side of my fandom but i just can't fathom the rays having to i i couldn't i can't fathom sitting through four or five of those games again that was it, it was great baseball but even after brasso hit that home run i was still so tense because there was still three outs to get in a one-run game yes uh toronto though i, I want to talk about toronto because i clowned the blue jays this offseason for re-upping with robbie ray who i thought was one of the worst pitchers that caught consistent starts in the major leagues. And he has turned that into what I think he, I think he should be the front runner for American league. Cy Young. I know Garrett Cole's had a great year. He's now on the IL, but what Robbie Ray has done 166 innings pitched a two, six ERA. Even you look at the peripherals, they're really good. His walks are way down this year. And that was always his biggest problem. The strikeouts are still going up. He has just been an elite pitcher. But even after that, You've got Ryu. You've got Steven Matz. They went out and added Jose Barrios at the trade deadline. Alec Manoa, who tore down the Rays earlier this season. That is a pitching staff that, out of all the teams in the AL East, scare me the most. Like That might be a better pitching staff than what the Rays have, uh, and, and, and they've done really, really well. Obviously, you've got Vlad Guerrero Jr., Bo Bichette, Marcus Semyon, who are all potential like like MVP like they've all been MVP candidates at some point or they right. will be in the future that is a stacked lineup and the way things are going they've won nine out of the last 10 so they're red hot right now 
but I don't see a scenario in which they're not playing in the American League wildcard game at the end of the regular season. Who knows if they'll win it, but I think they'll be there. And I, I really don't think that anybody's going to be able to cool them down to the extent that they're going to miss out on the postseason entirely. Well, seeing what they just did to the Yankees, right? And, and that was just impressive. Who do you think would be the, the big stopper in the wildcard game if the Jays get there? Let's, let's say the Jays get one spot. Who it, who will say, you know what, Jace, that's enough? Is it the Red Sox? Is it the Mariners? Or is it uh, Moneyball A's? Who do you think? I mean, it would be like the, the Yankees, if they have Garrett Cole pitching on that, in that wild card game, like he's the only guy that I would say, okay, yeah, the Blue Jays just might not have a chance tonight. Uh, but okay. anyone else, they're like, they could beat Chris Sale. Like uh, Chris yeah. Sale, like he's had some really good starts, but he's still not, maybe not yet the Chris Sale that he was pre-injury. I don't see anyone being like like you know you you know you put your best on the line if it's not Garrett Cole for the Yankees I don't know how you beat the Blue Jays in a one game and then obviously anything can happen but man this team scares me almost to the point where like I'm really well, scared about playing them in a five game set there we yeah. go and so so now we have arrived okay so if the Jays get through you know whoever the wild card game a game opponent is and then the Rays get to face them that first of all, that's going to be a really, really fun series. And mm. the, the, because it's, it's going to be fun, but like you said, I last year with the Yankees and, and that, the tense, uh, you know, atmosphere in, in your own bed, which I had it as well. Uh, you know, I think that's the good thing about playing the Jays. It's, I don't think I would feel bad if the Rays lose mm -hmm. against the Jays compared that, to yeah. the Red Sox or Yankees, you know? Oh, I yeah, mean, 100%. There's, like, an ego <laughs> involved in that race of, like, I don't want to see a damn Yankee fan look at me <laughs> for the next seven months. Yes. Um, I'd rather lose to Jordan or, or Jose Barrios than Jordan Montgomery. Yes. Right. <laughs> Any night. Jordan Montgomery was the guy who was pitching in game four, wasn't he? And the, the ALDS, if I'm remembering uh, yeah, correctly. I think so. I think so. Yeah. yeah. Because I had Jordan Montgomery in my nightmares that night. <laughs> yeah. it, was, it was disgusting. Uh, so, so there's that. Uh, I wouldn't have that, you know, ruminating in my brain, which it would be good for my mental health. Yeah. But uh, I, they're a hot team right now. I mean, you don't want to mess with the Blue Jays right now. So uh, I'm looking at the schedule right now. The Rays face them on Monday through Wednesday. Mm -hmm. And then they'll face them again Monday through Wednesday the next week at the Trop. Six games. I love that the Rays are facing them now with this amount of lead in the division where it's, it's basically, you know, knocking on wood. Everything's going to be fine. I'm not jinxing anybody. Everything looks good in the division. You have six games to face them at their hottest. I love that. I love that for the race. Let's see. Let's see who can beat them because that'll be an ego boost too. And kind of a, a lesson for the little kids in the Blue Jays, if the Rays come out victorious, five out of six, four out of six, be like, that's nice what you've been doing, Toronto, but we're the big boys. We went to the World Series last year. We were 11 outs away from game seven. It's nice what you're doing, but it's our turn. And wouldn't that, I mean, look, we know we have disdain for the Yankees and Red Sox, but to me, I feel like that would be such a more entertaining series to see the Rays and the Blue Jays and all the young talent that both those oh. teams have. Plus the Blue Jays, of course, have their veterans. They have... I mean, they've got five guys with 20-plus home runs. That doesn't even include George Springer because he has not been able to stay healthy right. as of yet. But you have your Wander Franco and Randy Rosarina and Shane McClanahan going up against the likes of Alec Manoa and 
and, and Bo Bichette and Vladimir Guerrero. I think that you could so many fun, interesting storylines. I can could, see the poster. Yeah. Vladdy V. Wander. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's me. It's it's made for ESPN. It's made for every national media. MLB Network is dying to showcase these talents. And in the in in Toronto, where they didn't get to see their team all of last year and half of this year, to, to those atmospheres going back and forth between the Trop and the and Rogers Center, oh. that would just be some. Ins- I know, obviously, Fenway and Yankee Stadium, they're always going to have great atmospheres, but, right. but the matchups there for Rays Blue Jays. For me, as a, you know, maybe the network heads, executives don't don't agree. But for me, that that would be the best possible matchup in in the ALDS. And and I dread it. I dread all playoff games. Uh, but I hope we get it. I hope we get <laughs> in, it. In this sure. tier, more than any, you know, the the Blue Jays were, I mean, a crosstown rival playing in Dunedin yeah, exactly. for that first <laughs> month, month and a half. And we can cue the uh, St. Petersburg. Montreal, Canada, Florida jokes too. Oh, there's yeah. kind of build in that storyline as well. So I think there's there's a lot to that for sure. I'll say that I'll say this too. Toronto was kind of taken away their baseball team, right? For 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 so long, not only last year but also this year, we were taking we were taking away that joy of going to the trop and see our team in the World Series, in the playoffs, that whole run. Mm-hmm. How mo- Game four would have been at the damn trop. I would have been there. You would have been there. We <laughs> all would have been there. Okay, everybody listening, everybody, you know, 100,000 people would have been there. Okay, even outside. Uh, they, you know, life just kind of took that away from us, not not, not to put it in, into any other context, just baseball only. Um 2021, we would have the chance to see another playoff run at the Trop. I mean, what what in in Toronto too? After being away mm-hmm. for so long from their own city, that I mean, those crowds. These are any more fan bases this thirsty for being in the playoff atmosphere than than the Rays and the Jays? I don't think so. Yeah, for sure. And and nobody wants to see uh, Garrett Cole's shaved face or Joey Gallo's shaved face. We don't want to see that mess on no. on national television. <laughs> no, I wouldn't think. Yeah. So here, Garrett Cole's Kermit the Frog impression <laughs> and the. Uh, I'm sorry, that was mean of me. Um, but as <laughs> but uh, as, as we wrap it up, you guys are our first time guests, and hopefully this isn't the last time you guys will, will be on Raise Your Voice. But we like to let our guests raise their voice, and since it's your first time on. I'm kind of curious. I'm kind of curious. Maybe if you guys have any controversial raise opinions or controversial baseball opinions that maybe you keep close to the vest. Maybe you don't share it on lockdown raise, or maybe you do, but you'd like to share it with the raise your voice listeners. What are your most controversial raise or baseball opinions? I'll, I'll, I'll let Kevin wise take this one first. How, how about you? Dan? Okay. Uh, and we have discussed this on the show many times and it's kind of a callback or a throwback, if you will. I'd love to see seven inning games. I'd love to see that just to shorten things up a little bit. I'd also like to see fewer games, you know, 120, 110 game schedule, something along those lines and expanded playoffs, 14 to 16 teams. That's what I would like to see. And Ulysses strongly, strongly disagrees with me. I think on, I think I disagree with all three of those opinions. (laughs) It just, every time he says uh, 14 to 16 playoff teams, I just, I just think this ain't this ain't football. This ain't the pigs. <laughs> I don't do this to me. Um, my most, I'm okay with ties. 
I'm a soccer fan. There you go. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I, I mean, you know, look, I'll I'll give it to the tenth, eleven, maybe one time through the order. Everybody gets okay, nine yeah. more n- nine more bats. That's what you get. Nine more. That's it. No more. After that, you call it a tie. Well, what what is so wrong with ties? I don't get this fascination with American sports that we just can't have ties. Like, it's okay. You know what would make so interesting in September and and, and the playoff chase? Looking at that standings and be like, no, we have to win. There, we can't <laughs> right. tie. Like, we got to go. We got to win. No, I don't care, Garrett Cole. You're starting today because it's three days rest and it's we got we cannot tie tonight we have to win that would make it so much more fun that would uh, uh, help out the extra innings the il stints of going of seeing players pitching position players pitching i think if you make it a tie i think it would be way better for for baseball to move forward and and, and kind of alleviate what you're saying about the the, the season being so long and and the games being yeah. so long just cut it off just call it a tie to Ulysses, I say, yeah, baseball's in football. Baseball's in soccer either. So, <laughs> touche on that one, buddy. Uh, actually, I think Ulysses and I agree on this is some sort of mercy rule. Yes. If we have a blowout okay. game, if it's 10-0 after the sixth inning, it's like, what are we doing here? We don't need to force this thing along. A, a, a team, a manager gets a certain number of designated white flags, and we're going to end this one and, and, yeah. and move on. Save our pitchers, move on. Yeah, just like a little look, your clunker flag, wave it around. Look, this is a clunker. I got look, guys, I got Brett Phillips warming up. <laughs> Have you got like let me not let me not do this? Uh can can we just call it a wrap? You maybe you get maybe once or maybe maybe two uh clunker flags every every month. And mm-hmm. and so that'll be like 12 clunkers a mm-hmm. year. I think that would alleviate like the mercy rule. Like, look, guys, you want us uh, you want today. <laughs> yeah, let's go. Let's go home. Let's go watch Netflix because you guys had us today. Yeah. It's fine. Ulysses, do you have any uh, Rays hot takes? Rays related. Rays related hot takes. I enjoy the trop. Okay. I enjoy the trop. I'm drop. good with I, that one. Yeah, I mean, honestly, like what's so wrong about the trop? I, I mean, I've been to other ballparks. I've seen them. They're fantastic. I, I just went this year to Truist Park. Lovely, lovely park. The battery was even better. I mean, honestly, mm-hmm. if you give me the battery, which is, you know, the like a Sparkman yeah. Wharves armature park, you know, armature works uh, kind of thing. If you do the battery outside the trop, then the whole thing is fixed. I mean, those Ebor City plans, they had a similar idea, I think, going on in those renderings. Obviously, some of that some of that would have to come to fruition, but yeah. I like the idea there. Yeah, Make no, I, so, so, I, I think that as a race fan, I, I, I'm okay with having 72 degree air conditioning in july yeah. in tampa florida and i and i'm okay with it having catwalks because i don't want my games to be rained out i want to go to the chop watch my three hours of baseball mm-hmm. and then go home no rain outs no lightning delays although occasionally there'll be a power outage or two i think that's happened once twice in the past so i'm with you on the drop thing sometimes the parking situation if they could redevelop that area that'd be fine but i really don't have any major qualms with the trop either i mean aesthetically yeah people are going to make fun of it but i like the the ac i like knowing that 
the environment's going to be the same, yeah. you know, every single time there. And uh, yeah, I, I like that one too. So that, that, that we, we, we got a couple hot takes there, I guess. We, we've got many more. You'd have to tune into the uh, Locked on Rays podcast. I mean, it yeah. seems like we're always coming up with a hot take here and there. So, yeah. I mean, the, the thing with the TROP is, yes, of course, they're going to need a new stadium and, and sooner rather than later, it, it better be indoors. Uh, like I don't even like I don't even need a retractable roof. The day, the amount of yeah. days in during the baseball season that I would like to be sitting outside, I could probably count on one hand. Yes. And so I, I, if you can, if they can save a couple hundred million dollars on the retractable roof and maybe some land area, it does not need to be retractable. Um, but I, I do give. I, I think in the last few years, uh, especially with the concessions and some of the lighting. They, they've done a good job at putting money into the trop. The LED lighting makes it look less uh, like l- less like a warehouse. Yes. Um, the turf looks a lot better than it used to. It doesn't look as splotchy in yes. areas in the in the concessions. Now, granted, it did take them to finish dead last in the health and safety uh, reports <laughs> to, to uh, upgrade the concessions, but they did yeah. it. They switched from Pepsi to Coke. I'm all for that. Um, yes. and, and, and I give them a lot of credit for, for some of the work they, they put in into and, the trop. And the walk around. The walk around yeah. the trap from the Budweiser porch and, and you can just walk around. That's awesome. Yes. I think that was a really cool thing. You know, if if I could have my cake and eat it too, I would find out a way without disrupting, obviously, the, the, the batter's eye mm-hmm. for to have the, the Budweiser porch. Somehow you could see the- there's only so many areas that you can view the game from the porch. But yeah. I, yeah, when I was there, I was there the other day. I had tickets in the press level and I, we sat there for one inning. And then we went to the porch and watched the rest of the game from the porch. There's food options. There's beverage options right there. And you can kind of just stand and chill and watch the game. And honestly, it's, it's a really great experience. So yeah, yeah. I, I bought tickets and was only there for about 20 minutes. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. yeah. You just want to get to the Budweiser porch because it's so fun. I'll, I'll, I'll give you another one too. In the um, I, I'm, I'm forgetting the, the season ticket holders um, place called. It's the first, uh, first Republic bank. Yeah. The Republic uh, bank. Republic, Republic yeah. draft. Yeah. Draft, draft room. room. Yeah. Okay. When you go inside, you get like a little sliver of the of the stadium. Yeah. And then like the 80% of the bleachers that come yep. below ab- uh, above it. Like this is this really, this is the setup for the season ticket holders. You can't even watch the game in the draft room. You so get your I food would and get out. Too. Yep. I, again, I'm no civil engineer. I'm no architect. So don't ask me how yeah. to fix these things. But as a, as a layman, I would say, you know what? I, I'm sure that a, a smart man or woman could come up with something. By the way, all the uh, positive things we said about the trop in the last five minutes, I think Willie Adamas disagrees with every single thing. I'll just throw <laughs> that out there and leave that to you. Yeah. Yeah. Road so. Willie all the time is really fun to watch in Milwaukee. I hope he gets healthy again and, and can contribute. Because yes. I, I ultimately think, and I guess we, we, you guys can throw out your season predictions if you want. I think it's going to be Ray's Brewers in the World Series at the end of the year. Ooh, you know what? I'm going to say something that's going to break hearts. I know what you're going to do. Go ahead and do it. Say it. Yeah. Longo v. Wander. Oh, the giant. I can't. I can't. And the Ray- that would break our hearts. But, I mean, you imagine – Oh, okay. It's game three or whatever it would be at the trop. 
Longo steps up. We got to give him the, the, first of all, a standing ovation. It would be his first game back, too. It would, exactly. It would be his first game back in the World Series. You better hope. I would I would riot if they don't play down and out by Tantric. Yeah, you, you have to. And his damn walk-off song, he deserves it. You, you installed duckies for that series. You bring that back. Uh, oh, no. That's good. I, I'd be cool with either one of those. I think those would be great, but it, it would... Giants Rays all the way. And I'd love to see what the Rays could do in San Francisco's playing in that Bay ballpark. Bay Area, Bay yeah. Area, Nelson Cru- Boomstick in, in over there. Brandon Lau? Oh, Austin Meadows. Brandon yeah. Lau, Splash Area, Splash Zone for Brandon Lau. Zunino? Yeah. Oh, my. Oh, Zunino hitting that Coke bottle or that glove. You know it. <laughs> could be some good stuff there. Just throwing it out there. You're getting me hyped, Brett. I know. You're getting me uh, hyped. Can we fast forward we a do. month and a half, two months already? <laughs> we got to get there first. We got to get there yeah, first. But- that's right. I know we've got a first pitch for, for Friday's game coming up here in a few minutes. So I, I, I'm going to let you guys go, but I want to be able to go watch the game too. Um, so thank you guys for, for coming on. Of course, of anytime. Course. We had a great time. Thank you so much. And, and once again, I just have to thank Kevin and Ulysses for hopping on. They are great. If, if uh, you haven't checked out Locked On Rays before, please go do so. Please. Uh, it's, it's a great daily podcast. And I know, uh, this is only a weekly show, so you're only getting us once a week. You can listen to us. You can listen to them. They are a huge part of the Rays community, um, and, and it's, it's really cool to see what they've got going on over there. Um, so make sure to check them out, the Locked on Rays podcast. And uh, that's going to do it for this week's episode of Raise Your Voice. Thank you guys for listening. As always, make sure to head on over to DRaysBay.com to check out all of the great Rays coverage that is really ramping up as we head towards the postseason. Again, uh, we're getting closer to uh, the Instant Reaction Playoff Podcast, which were a ton of fun last year, and they should be happening once again this year. So a few more Raise Your Voice before we get into the Instant Reaction Podcast season. So it's going to be a lot of fun, and I'll talk to you guys next week.